Welcome to the Queen City Preachers Podcast. I'm Pastor Andrew. And I'm Pastor Molly. And it has been a hot second since we've been with y'all. We're sorry. There's been many a thing. Yeah. Vacations, good things. There's been good things. There's been illness, COVID. There's been illness. There's been deaths and funerals and a lot in, of busyness. In our church community. In our not, church community, not, not in us. our families, thankfully. We're coming to you from the grave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness that's not the case. No. Yeah, and uh, yesterday, one year, one year birthday for my... My little guy. Happy so, birthday, not longer, maybe, Teo. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now he's supposed to start toddling or something. He's an adult now. <laughs> he's working on his oh, 401k. Oh, my gosh. He's it, got a college fund. He's he's looking at <laughs> homeowners he's, associations. He's, pl- he's planning. He's so far ahead of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, so we're back. We're going to try to be more regular with scheduling yeah. um, on a weekly basis. Also, um. I will try to catch us up on some of the sermons, audio sermons, so you have access to those on the podcast once again, and yeah. we will try to be back in rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the August, fall. We've got to get our stuff together. We will be back, but August was just kind of a hot mess of lots of different things. I don't so. remember what happened in August, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. All right. But <laughs> in that vein, we're diving back in. We've been with Luke for a long time, and we're still with Luke. Yeah. For better or for worse, we're here with you, Luke. We're here with Luke. and Some um, are good, some are not great. Yeah. And so we are in the 16th chapter, so we've been hearing different stories. Um, since we haven't been with you for a while, just kind of to catch you up, we've we've heard some, some parables that you are probably familiar with. Um, we have heard the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin. Um, we've actually jumped over, essentially— Right, the parable of the um, the prodigal the prodigal son, son. Um, and now we are in some stories that are also parables, mm-hmm. um, and they're a little different, but they do kind of. I just wanted to share those other ones because these do kind of connect to those with the lost and the relationship dynamics, but also about where is God in the story, where are we, all of those pieces. Yeah, and one thing to keep in mind, right, with parables is that they are stories. Yes. There are stories intended to teach us about God and ourselves and our relationships with God and our relationships with each other. They're right. not literal things that happened. So, which is important to name. It's not worth saying, well, how did that happen? How did that work? Because that's not the point. The point is that it's a story for teaching a lesson. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't mean you shouldn't ask really curious questions because you should. Yes. And that's great. But just. Remember that the point of this is a certain community in a certain context mm-hmm. at a certain time as a story mm-hmm. to convey a message and that some of that may be fruitful for us today. Some yeah. of it may be different for us today. And we'll so, unpack some of that. Yeah. So, anyway, so let's let's dive in. Keep in mind. All right. So today we have in chapter 16, the parable of the dishonest manager. Then Jesus said to the disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager And charges were brought to him that this man was squandering his property. So he summoned him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Give me an accounting of your management, because you cannot be my manager any longer. Then the manager said to himself, What will I do now that my master is taking the position away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do so that when I am dismissed as a manager, people may welcome me into their homes. 
So summoning his master's debtors, one by one, he asked the first, how much do you owe my master? He answered, a hundred jugs of olive oil. He said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and make it 50. Then he asked another, how much do you owe? He replied, a hundred containers of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and make it 80. And his master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth, so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into the eternal homes. Whoever is faithful in very little is faithful also in much, and whoever is dishonest in very little is dishonest also in much. If you have not been faithful with the dishonest wealth, who will entrust you to be with the true riches? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? No slave can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Period. Boom. <laughs> Mic drop. Um, In case you were confused because it was confusing, here's the point. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so kind of. Kind there's, of. There's other kind things of. There's going other on things. here, too. I mean, so, you know, my first thought with this passage is just remembering who Luke is as a gospel writer, mm. right? Mm-hmm. That, like, Luke's entire worldview lens is about Jesus and God's advocacy for the poor yeah. and f- for justice. Mm-hmm. And so Good within this framework mm-hmm. of this story, how does this fit with that? with how Luke is trying to convey God's care for the marginalized. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the things, so I think um, the characters kind of are in flux with who represents what. Very much and so. so. At the beginning, one of your questions is like, oh gosh, because the biggest punchline is the manager commended. Right. The, yeah. The Sorry. The owner the commends the manager. Man, the owner of the estate commends yeah. the manager for doing something that we feel like is dishonest, right? He wipes out these debts from the people. And so one of your questions might be... And not be, equally, by the way. It's kind of funky no, there, too. No, it's confusing. But, you know. it's, it's all very confusing. It is. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but no. that's okay. We're, we're This is a story we're dealt with, and we're going to try to make as much sense of it as we possibly can. So your question might be, well, geesh, gosh, that doesn't seem fair. Shouldn't things be fair? And so you might ask, well, tell me about this rich man, the owner of the estate. And a couple things you might wonder about is like, well, did he get his money fairly in the first place? And the answer might be, well, no. So as an audience, you might be thinking about that in the background. How did this person get wealthy? Did he use other people to gain his wealth? And then the manager, too, one more like kind of background thing is, well, maybe the manager is a slave. Right. Right. That yeah. would be very likely in this time period and something that the original audience would have had on their minds as well. Possibly yes, that they may. Yeah. That they're in similar mm-hmm. shoes. There's there's also I think here in some ways this is a nice illustration of. And we don't need to go down this rabbit hole too far, but I think it's a nice illustration of that. What is just mm-hmm. is not necessarily fair, is not necessarily equitable mm-hmm. and is not necessarily God's justice. Right. Yeah. That yeah. like that 
that just because we understand something one way mm-hmm. does not necessarily mean that we're right. Yeah. Right. I mean that just because we see that as mm-hmm. unjust or because mm-hmm. um, we yeah, think it's a, okay, it's an interesting. The manager's thing to frame. job is to be good with the the owner of the estate, the rich man's wealth. He's right. not that. He gets commended. Right. It like goes against all that we think. It does, and it's also that like that it's just as good that he did this with for twenty percent that he's as he did for fifty percent. Mm-hmm. It's just as good as he did this mm-hmm. behind somebody's back. Then, I mean, yeah. like it's it's and a really interesting question about justice and how we how yeah. that is meted out. Mm-hmm. Like there's I said, we don't ha- of, we don't have to go down that hole, but like it's a really interesting question, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's not clear. It's not like right and wrong, black and white, decisive. And it that part of it might harken back to some of those other stories we get, right, with the wage of yeah, the people, yeah, the laborers, right? Yeah. Everybody gets the same amount no matter how, how many, many hours, hours they've they worked. worked. Yeah. Right. This one, everybody gets a random different amount and it's not depending on anything, right? And in some ways in this image, God rejoices at debts being forgiven. Yes. Right. That's like the that's, overall. That's right? the overall. Yeah. And I, I see, right, coming back to the end, you cannot serve God and wealth, right? The um, the manager of this estate is not serving wealth, right? When things get tough, he forgives debts. He recognizes, too, that he can't earn money on his own. Right. Which is another interesting factor, right? He's like, yeah. what am I supposed to do now? Like, right? I can't save myself. Yes. I need others to help me. Yes, yes. Which I think, to me, that's the part that I really like identify with when I first hear this story. He's yeah. like, okay, well, for some reason I can't do hard labor. And because I'm don't really want to, I'm not going to, I don't want to beg. I want to have to beg either. Right. That's right. like the lowest yeah. of the low. I don't want to have to do that. Right. So I guess I have to rely on my neighbors now. Right. Which is a huge deal for us. So, my overall question is, how is relying on our neighbors in this way the same as serving God? Because hmm. to me, that's kind of the message of the story that I get from from it. Yeah. Even yeah, though that's I think ambiguous too, right? Because he's like, is. I'm going to forgive your debts so that I am ingratiated to you so that you will want to welcome me in. Right. It's self-preservation. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is that his self-preservation also relies on others. Yeah. Which is one of those things that, that you know, if you think about it from the, I mean, this is a very Lutheran lens, right? Is that like, is that our forgiveness is not individual, it is corporate. Mm-hmm. And so mm. it must be done in relationship. Mm-hmm. That there's no good to me being forgiven if forgiveness is not extended <laughs> to my neighbor or to those around me, right? Yeah. And so so within this context, like, yes, it ingratiates him, but it's also that this matters because of he's in community. Yeah. That relationships I, matter. Yeah, I was kind of thinking like this, It's it's kind of funny how it plays out because it's like, he doesn't intentionally just do it out of the goodness of his heart. No. Which I think so much, we think so much that that's what service is, but we don't always recognize that when we do service or we, we bless other people, that that is like tenfold blessing us as well. You know, I think about like our work as a community with our asylum seeking family, and it is so much work. And, you know, yeah. it takes a lot for us to do things for them, 
but in return, we are so blessed by them and their presence in our, our lives tenfold. And that's kind of what the manager of the estate finds as well. I think so. But I'd add another element to that, which is actually kind of this this strange ambiguity. And maybe this is Luke being like, hey, you can actually be an ethical business person. Mm. In other words, you can benefit others and be gracious to others. And, and, it'll also and it will you. also benefit you. Yeah. And that that's okay. Uh-huh. But you need to be gracious to others. Yeah. Like that this can't be mm-hmm. a just about you. That like hoarding the money, just being greedy, just doing that. Mm-hmm. That's not, that doesn't work. No. But like if you look at it as in what, I mean, who knows what these folks that owed money or I mean owed olive oil and wheat, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Who knows what kind of situation they were in. They were yeah. in how long it would take them to repay it and like mm-hmm. any of that. And the grand scheme of, in the grand scheme of things, we also don't know how much of that debt, like, ha- has he actually made back essentially what was owed? I mean, without the interest now? Mm-hmm. Like, is that the difference? And so is this now just fair because it's no longer money lender interest mm-hmm. being tacked on top of it? Oh, right? yeah, that's another huge thing. Which right? is Israelites aren't supposed to charge interest on each other. Right. And this might be that there's interest going on here. Yes. For there, there's maybe a subtext. So we just don't know. Yeah. But like I I kind of like that there's that subtext to this that like mm-hmm. that there's a way to do business that is just mm-hmm. or that is at least, mm-hmm. um, yeah, striving toward yeah. that too. And I like how even – even though he's not intending, he's intending to do a good work for himself, right? So that yeah. he can benefit. And I, I, I love how it like surprisingly benefits the others as well, right? Like mm-hmm. it's yeah. not always the intention behind something that really matters. It's kind of what comes from it, right? Yeah, which gets to that cliche that God works with everything, right? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of true. Which is true. Which is kind of true. Because, you know, one of the interesting parts of this parable is at the beginning of the parable, the rich man doesn't really sound a lot like God. But then when we get the gotcha moment, right, where the the rich man is actually commending the manager, that one sounds a lot like God, right? Because we get to a point where there's so much grace. There's an abundance of grace for everybody. Yeah, which is an interesting question to, because then you have to ask that question. Okay, so there's an abundance of grace and there's a richness and this is the turning point in this story. Mm-hmm. But you also have to ask that question of like, so what does faithfulness look like? Because mm-hmm. th- we get that explanation, right? That this is in some ways about faithfulness. Yeah. So is faithfulness that faithfulness is honoring relationship and finishing, pro- finalizing and finding a way for promises to be met, mm-hmm. whether or not they are met in the way that they were originally intended to be. Yeah. Um, I, well, I, I guess I'm just kind of thinking about this through that lens because I'm like, because in some ways that faithfulness also says prioritize versus relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than finance. Yes. And that's how you serve God and not wealth, right? Right. And faithfulness is serving God, right? Faithfulness is serving God, but yeah, so it's looking at how does that... What does that look like in this? To me, it all comes back to the decision point with the manager where he recognizes that he can't rely on himself. Yeah. He can't rely on money. Right. Because if he was he was like, well, I'll just get a job. I'll just get another (laughs) job. Right. Yeah. (laughs) He doesn't do that. He says, I have to rely on something beyond me. 
And to me, he's relying on God at work through his neighbors because it's a gamble. He doesn't know if what he's going to do is going to ingratiate them to him. Right. Yes. Including his, including the owner. Right. Like it's, it's, it's his neighbors, but it's also the owner. Right. I mean, he could be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's this level of trust. So serving God is turning from yourself to others and trusting in God's promises that you will have life abundant. And it's also trusting that God is not about the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That God doesn't care about the money or the debts. No. That God wants the relationship more more mm-hmm. than that. Yeah. Right? That that is more important than mm-hmm. than the debt. Yeah. And that God's justice is about the right relationships, not about the fairness of your money. Yeah, that mon- in some ways it will always be unequitable, right? Mm-hmm. The finances. Yeah. And in some ways that's part of this parable, and in some ways that fits Luke's model, right? Because it's mm-hmm. basically saying justice comes through the lens that it, it's not about how much money you have or what you have chosen mm-hmm. as much as who are you actually trusting. Yeah, God. And I think that goes to the shrewdness part of it, because that's another interesting one, right? <laughs> the shrewdness line. It's, a, it's yeah. like the word shrewd is not really great here. It's more about the the, the wisdom, right? The yeah. wisdom and the yeah. good choices, right? That somehow I think, and that goes to what you're saying with what's really happening in this world, right? That this world is messy and it is like Luke knows, it's never going to be economically fair no matter how hard we work at it. Right. And so one thing that the manager of the estate understands better than perhaps the children of light who are so focused on the eternal, right, and the yeah. beyond is that the manager understands that to live in this world and to serve God in this world, it's going to be messy. And it's not going to be fair. But it, we still have to turn to one another. Yeah. And it's also that there's risk. Mm-hmm. Right. And but, humbling, too. That's one other thing I think of, because what are the disciples always arguing about? Who's the greatest? And the manager just says, I just need some neighbors, you know, to help me. Right. I'm uh, humbling myself. I'm humbling myself them. a little bit. A little bit. I'm not humbling myself enough to beg. True, true, true. Right? True. Like, yeah. So it like draws the line, right? There's this middle point where he's not going to be fully self sufficient, but he's not going to be on the streets begging either because I don't think Luke would say that that's a good option. Begging no. means that everyone has abandoned you in your life. Yeah. And I'd also say that this, I mean, so quite clearly, there was no such thing as a middle class in Luke's day. Like, that didn't exist. Um, there was the poor, and then there was the poorer. Poor, er, yeah, and, and, then, and then there was the wealthy. Um, but in a certain way, this story is, from a t- spinning it in a contemporary lens, is saying, it's okay that you're not at the bottom of the heap. Like, remember, this story is about you, too. Mm-hmm. That it's, it's, a, it's not about having a lot is mm-hmm. not about having nothing. Mm-hmm. It's about asking that question of, of with the resources we do have or how we manage what has been given to us or what we are responsible for, even if it's not ours. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that like, yeah. right. That like, what do we do mm-hmm. and how do we see that? Do we see it as in we, 
we are lost without it and that we, I mean, that we must make as much money as possible and that is the only guiding light. Mm -hmm. Do we see it? Do we see it as in the only alternative is to beg and to be, Mm -hmm. and the reality is most of us live in the middle. Yeah. Right? We work for a living. We choose to navigate the twists and turns of economics and all this stuff. It's very different. Yeah. But like, I feel like in some ways that level of relationality, of remembering that in the midst of the financial world we live in, that relationality is what holds us, not more important. Is more not yeah. not just the money. Yeah. And I think that's where I'm going to turn with my sermon a little bit this Sunday. Is when things get tough, where do we turn? Mm-hmm. You know, do we turn to our own self sufficiency or do we turn to others? Which is interesting because in some ways he does turn to his self sufficiency, right? Because he's like, I can ask people. Yeah. Well, he but has to this, have a plan. He has a plan, mm-hmm. but he's also, but it's a plan that relies. On others. Yes. Like there is no way he gets through this without others. It relies on the grace of others. And the grace of his master. Yeah. And the grace of his master. Yeah. And so there is, we've been talking a lot in my Bible study about all the Israelites and so much of where the Israelites go wrong is that they just, they really don't trust God. They right. don't trust everything that they God never, has they, Yeah. So they constantly them. come back to wanting yeah. to do it themselves. It's not going to work. Yeah. We don't believe yeah. this God. We're complaining. We don't trust you. So it is really, faithfulness is really this trust yeah. in what God has promised. And what makes the manager so faithful is that somehow he trusts This is going to work. Yeah, th- this that is going to work, work out. That it's yeah. going to be okay because God's abundance is there and present and with him. And is willing in some ways, you can extrapolate the metaphor, we could probably beat it into the ground, but like that the generosity of forgiving the debts Mm -hmm. is extending God's abundance, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Is it, I trust that my master will be gracious with me Mm -hmm. if I am gracious with others. Yeah. Because in reality, being gracious is how we actually continue to move forward. Mm-hmm. Right, like it's how we a are. Top a community. down level of economics, there. Right, it trickle, is a little top trickle down. down. It's trickle down. Oh, good, <laughs> good gosh. No, just kidding. It's not Reaganomics. Um, cool. So uh, that's yeah, no. Um, that I will say though, just as a, an aside with this, is that these are these abstract parables. This one and the one for next weekend um, get some really strange interpretations over time, and mm-hmm. how it's understood, and how it gets wrestled with with money Mm -hmm. and i think just i just want to name as we've talked about this because we've leaned into the relationship side and um, i'm not saying we should lean hard on the money side but i'm also just want to name that it's important to acknowledge that we come to this passage about money with a lot of money baggage yeah and it's very hard to lift that baggage off our shoulders Mm -hmm. and hear this in a way that allows for good news and hope from a financial perspective Unless we're rock bottom, right? Or like other, like that. There's, there's a lot of this with the parables and the passages that is hard when it comes to money. So I just want to name that that like that part of the reason that it's hard to hear these through that lens is because we all come with our own family histories, our own challenges around yeah. money. And I think so, there is an idea in here that you can be generous without giving away everything. Right? I think so too, which is different. Than some of what we've heard, right? And the rich man who hear. sells everything, yeah, right. Yeah, this in this case, the owner of the land, you know, gets to keep a lot, and he's also getting paid back what is presumably owed to him, right? 
but there's a level of generosity to it as well. There is. Mm -hmm. And there's a level of economics that most of us are like, yeah, I'd love my loans paid back that way Mm -hmm. or but I can't do that for somebody else. Mm -hmm. But it raises the question of, okay, so but how does that fit into our understanding of relationship and finance? I'm just trying to say I I just wanted basically just to call out that this is talking about money is loaded and scripture Mm -hmm. talks about it a lot. Yeah. But we also have to just be aware of what we're bringing to this conversation because your, your money baggage. I just, I just think we like, got it. I yeah. mean, like the number one, I mean, just like, so from a marital family therapy standpoint, the number one cause of divorce is money mm-hmm. mm. and fights and communication regarding money. Yeah. And I think that like all our family systems handled money differently. Some of us come at it through scarcity. Some of us come at it from abundance. Abundance come at it. You know, some of us come at it as partially relational. Yeah. There's probably a huge mix and variety. I just want to name that that exists as we come to this story because it means when we hear these words, kind of like the response to the loan forgive student loan forgiveness, mm-hmm. there's going to be a varied response. Yeah, because we have different pieces of our own stories. Mm-hmm. So I just want to name that if you're hearing this and you're like, well, I hear this a totally different way. That, that's fair because mm-hmm. your experience is different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that diving into the relationality of this actually pulls us out of some of that. And I think that that's really healthy and good. Yeah. But I just wanted to just take a moment and name that. So that's all. Thank you. you know. Thank you for naming that. That's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> Baggage. All right. Well, so. I think... I think that's as un- unpacked as this is going to be for today. Um, tune in a Sunday for <laughs> tune, in, tune in Sunday for a message on some of this, right? Yeah, and tune in next week for maybe some more money talk. Money talk. Money with talk pastors. with Andrew. <laughs> money talk with I do not have answers, um, but the parables are interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, and um, yeah, stay tuned for next week because it's it's fun and there's some major unpacking that has to happen. We'll have a in good order time. to understand we'll have a good it. Time. Mm-hmm. So, but um, but thanks for being back with us. It's good to be back um, in the in the studio here at Messiah in the studio in Andrew's <laughs> office. Hey, we pull out all the equipment, we set it up. It's a studio for a moment. It's very official, very official. It works. Yes. So, yeah. but thanks for being back and um yeah, may you be blessed this week with the abundance of God, but especially the abundance of relationship and Absolutely. in witnessing that and seeing that. Mm-hmm. However that is and um yeah, just thanks for being back with us. So, you've been listening to the Queen City Preachers podcast. I'm Pastor Andrew and I'm Pastor Molly. Be well, friends.